This is an NAC podcast. Welcome to the We Love Canadian Music Podcast. I'm your host, NAC Presents Executive Producer, Heather Gibson. We Love Canadian Music brings you up-close and personal interviews with Canadian musicians on far-ranging topics from life on the road to the artists they find most inspiring. Join us every two weeks for a new interview. So we're here today uh, talking to Jeremy Fisher. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good. We were just discussing um, the Ottawa winter that we have had. Mm-hmm. I estimate that the snow here showed up around the 1st of November. It was early this year, yeah. 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 And uh, and you just said this is the first the first one that you thought was really, truly, but you, in the seven years you've been here. Yeah, I think I measure that by canal, full canal skateway days. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, we were pretty high this year. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But this was the year for me of of learning to cross country ski, which was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to keep going on it. Did you go wax skis or waxless? Uh, I got some waxless ones oh, with good. these funny um, strips on the bottom of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I do too. I yeah. find it's just so throw it's, and go. It's good. I mean, there was once I gave myself a black eye, which I think is hard in cross country skiing, but it happened. Uh, it was it was not very graceful. It makes you feel better. My mom broke her wrist cross-country oh. skiing yeah. on a lake. You know what? A lot can go wrong cross-country skiing. People <laughs> think it's just this little oh. easy thing, but yeah. no, it's there's serious, a lot going on there. Serious sport. And I got, uh, do, you, do you do snowshoe? That's also an Ottawa thing. Yeah. We uh, snowshoed our kid to daycare one day when it was just like too, the snow was too deep to walk through. Yeah. Put her in the in the backpack. Because that's another thing in, in Ottawa. Things don't close. It's very oh, rare. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's snowing, mm-hmm. 30 centimeters. It's come to truly, It's truly amazing what two working parents will do to get their kid to daycare. <laughs> I've noticed that. <laughs> you so want to motivate me? <laughs> <laughs> so you got here seven years ago. Where did you come from? I was in Montreal before this. Okay. Grew up there? No, I grew up in Hamilton. I spent a long time on the West Coast. Right. And um, I met my partner in Montreal. She got a job here mm-hmm. and I followed her. There you go. Yeah. And you are, are you coming now as Jeremy Fisher Jr.? Is that um, fully what you're doing or are you, are you still doing um, adult folk singer songwriting if you, you know, if you will, or is it, are you fully, um, you know, it's all focused on the junior show? I'm doing both. Okay. Uh, my new MO is go out and work uh, twice as hard, half as much. So I go out, like I'll be doing a run this month before my uh, show here. I'm doing a little run Southern Ontario. I'll be playing a couple schools each day and uh, a town hall at night, you know, so like junior shows at the schools, um, senior shows (laughs) (laughs) at the hall and at the uh, There's not a good way to put that because adult show doesn't sound good either. Adult show doesn't sound good. It sort of suggests adult as a genre. Yeah, that something's going on differently than, yeah. So So although I've been uh, nominated in the adult alternative category at the Junos before, so maybe my music is adult. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do a little bit of both, but I am, have been surprised by how much this has taken over my life. It's supposed to be a little side project right. that I was going to do and then kind of crank out another Jeremy Fisher, not junior right. album. And I haven't gotten around to that yet. So we're doing, it's probably 85% of my time is is writing new stuff for this junior thing. We're trying to develop a TV show right now. We're yeah. um, trying to develop a whole education program because I'm yeah. finding I'm going into a lot of schools. And So let me talk to you about the writing part of writing kids music. Mm-hmm. Is it is it that the content is different or is it actually different? Do you find it's like, sometimes you hear kids music and it feels like repetitious the way pop music can be. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's no different than pop. Like, you know, if you look at my poppier songs, like one of the singles off my last record is the song Uh Oh, which was just like had Uh Oh at the end of each line. That could easily have been a song for two year olds, you know, (laughs) other than the subject matter was a little not little over the heads of two year olds, maybe the double entendre. But um, I don't find it that much different. And my approach to it has been don't treat kids like they're different a different species than right. adults right like they 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 know what they know when somebody's being authentic with them mm-hmm. and when they're not and i f- i kind of came up with this concept to write this album after a long road trip and all the stuff we listened to was like the classic stuff from when i was a kid the raffy stuff the fred right. penner the the rest of it we just we drove my partner and i crazy and our, even our daughter wasn't that into it and i thought this is if I'm going to make a kids record, it should be like this. Right. And um, so th- that was my inspiration. Sharon Lois and Bram, you know, stuff where it's like there's no voices put on. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't approach it. The only way I approach it differently is in a little bit in subject matter, and I've really gotten to indulge my folky side of my musical persona. So right. it's like totally, you know, down the middle. Yeah. Like acoustic folk. And so pop. is it is the kids stuff just you and your guitar or are you getting into like, uh, the other thing with kids is they seem to like all kinds of rhythms and mm. percussion and like there's that kind of energy that when you watch, you know. Yeah. Whereas, whereas obviously guys like Fred Penner or Rafi and even Sharon and Brahm, they're just doing, you know, folk music essentially. Yeah. Um, but there also is this other thing, right? Where there's, I've seen some um, really receptive, like like Will's Jams, for instance. Mm-hmm. That guy has like all kinds of props are going on and the he's kids love band. it. He's got a yeah. band and whatever. Yeah. So are you straight down the pipe, just you and your guitar or are you sort of layering stuff in there? Well, the record is, I wanted it to sound, I wanted to evoke what it was like with just me and my guitar. Because when I play the shows, it almost is exclusively me and my guitar. That's what it'll be here on the 31st. Um, and the reason for that is it's a very dynamic show. It's super engaging. I have the kids singing and moving along the whole time. And that's just easier to do with an acoustic, you know, yeah. kind of like youth pastor style or whatever, <laughs> campfire style. <laughs> I can't believe I just described myself as a youth pastor. but um, You're going to need a new outfit. I'm going to need a new outfit, a yeah. collar or something. Something. Um, so... Uh, so I wanted it to evoke that, but there's like electric bass. I really went with that, like those classic Raffi records. I right. just, I really love the way they sound and feel. So electric bass, shakers, hand claps. As I was making it, some of the songs kind of like, I felt like I wanted to build them out a little bit more. So I brought Peter Kankura, who mm. I played with last mm-hmm. time I was here on the fourth stage. Uh, he came and played sax and... 
uh, clarinet and flute and a bunch of whistles and kazoos yeah. and stuff. Uh, Katrina Sturton came and did a couple sessions with me, played some harmonica, played, did some singing, did a little duet with me on the record. So do you... Um how how's the when you know when you go and do one of these kids shows? How, how's the audience like? Is it do you find that that with the kids that you're having to be much more interactive? Are they they sort of you know one of the things I always wonder is if how I I imagine that people who are kids artists who are really good at it have kids because I've met some artists who like some of the that kind of they want they want a certain environment and I think that sometimes kids children's artists mm-hmm. are much more open to that interactive kind of some kids screaming, no big deal. You know, kids running up down the aisle, no big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I, you know, my, my show, my regular shows are very interactive as well. I'm a lot um, more respectful of the fact that I know a lot of adults don't want to interact and sing along every single song. Some do. Some want to get up on stage and I bring them up on stage sometimes. But the, <laughs> All those adults sitting with their arms crossed. Right. With their beer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Please don't look at me. Don't Please don't look at me. <laughs> and uh, the kids, kids are much more uh, uninhibited. And yeah. so I try and get them from you know, beat one, I get them singing along. I teach them every song if they don't already know. When I go into the schools, usually I've been kind of engaging them over social media or email right. with, via the teacher, um, giving the teacher the links to the songs and lyric videos to learn yep. the songs and kids come up with dances for them and stuff. So yeah, it's 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 all about them. It's yeah. really, um, you know, there's no time in a kid's show. The odd time I've done like a cover song or something and sort of made it, like more of a performance thing where it's like, listen to me now, unless it's a real high energy dance song yeah. where kids can just kind of be themselves. Uh, it doesn't go over. So yeah, it's different in that way. It's fun. It's like, it really is a, it's an intense, um, you know, 45 minutes or whatever it is. It's a, it's very yeah. like, there's no, there's no just leaning back and having an emotional moment and, you know, bring the <laughs> doing dramatic lighting and having <laughs> right. a solo or something like that. There's none of that stuff. Yeah. So it's really it's almost like um when I started out playing music, I was I made my living as a private teacher. And yeah. there's like nothing more intense than sitting in a room even smaller than this across from like a seven year old trying to teach them the G chord. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that th- those half hours just creep by because they're just very you you have to really um put all the energy into what's happening and it's like that with these shows where you you really have to breathe that in and then they give it back to you like 10 hundred fold so one of the shows that we're going to do here uh with you at, at noon before your um before your open show uh is we're doing this sensory friendly show so have you done many of those I haven't, no. So this is sort of a a, foray, a new foray for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I mean, well, first of all, thank you for being open to doing that. We, Absolutely. We, we did one with Sharon and Brom that went over really, really well. Oh, great. Um, and uh, so for us, it means that the the lights are up a little bit, that the kids can do whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. um, that the volume is down a little bit. Um, so there's a couple of things that are adjusted. Um you know why and we've but we've had some artists tell us that they don't they don't want to do it i mean is it a show that you're looking forward to or is it daunting or is it just another well it just so happens that um 
I, my best friend from growing up um, is a therapist who works with autistic kids. Mm. So we've talked about it a lot. Like right. I, I st- he lives in Vancouver. We talk on the phone almost once a week. Um, so he actually brought it up to me when he found out I was doing the making this kids record. He said, you know, you should consider this kind of thing because there's a lot of kids that I work with who, you know, when he starts working with them, you know, they might not even be, be leaving their house, mm. you know, and um, there are conditions that you can, you know, that was a learning experience for me, even knowing that they're just conditions you can set to make it easier for people to go out in the world. So it's, it's close to my heart in that respect. And uh, I am looking forward to it because I think that... Um, you know, music gives us an opportunity to, uh, you know, when we laugh and move, we we just open ourselves up to all the emotions, mm. um, other emotions that we may not be comfortable sharing in mm-hmm. front of people in public. Right. And um, so I'm just really curious to see what that vibe is going to be like and how that's going to be different. So, yeah, I'm just totally open to it. And um, I think when you guys came to me with the idea, I was like, anyway. I didn't even consider it. I can see, I mean, I could see with my, I mean, I would do it with my uh, regular stuff as well. Mm. You know, I can see some people who, where, 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 where sort of there's like a gravitas to what they're doing, where that might be hard to them, for them to like turn up the lights and that sort of thing. But that's not my thing. I'll play in a gym, you know, a gymnatorium in the middle of the day. It's like, I try and just respond to the environment I'm in. Yeah, and it's an area that we're hoping to to move into actually. Of that, it's or at least I'm hoping to move into that. It's not just kids programming that we mm-hmm. do, um, whether it's sensory friendly or ASL interpretation to the shows. We've been doing a little bit of that, um, and and it's been really really well received. Um, and it's interesting has been because so I've been paying attention to some of the stuff that's been going on. And I've noticed that um, out east that they have uh, grocery stores are doing once a week now for a couple hours will be sensory um, free or reduced. And uh, a friend of mine was reading the thing and she said, boy, I wish we would just, we would just do that just Mm -hmm. generally across the board. And it made me think about how overstimulated we are in -hmm. in the world. Like the, the sitting quietly is becoming much more difficult in a, in this kind of environment, in a city environment and, and how challenging that must be when you say, you know, just be tying to your friend, how challenging it must be for people um, to in, do very basic things like mm-hmm. go to the grocery store um, if it's if it's overstimulating. But um, so it's great. I hope it's something that expands uh, here here at the National Arts Center, just even in Ottawa. Um, so have you toured much uh, with this kids project? No, or just, just in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I slowed down about. Uh, so my daughter's three now. So about. About five years ago, I yeah. really scaled back my touring to see if I could kind of make a go of it to, you know, yeah. and like continue making a living doing what I want to do and but but be present and, right. you know, raise my kid. Um, but before that, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I think, probably six to 10 months out of the year. I used to yeah. tour in the early 2000s. My first tour ever, I ever did was on a bicycle from Seattle to Halifax. I promoted my first record <laughs> riding 7,500 kilometers over six months and did 30 shows along the way. And um, uh, and then after that, I, well, I was signed to Sony Records and they had me all over the world for you know, a couple of years. Yeah. And then I signed to Wind Up Records in New York and I was went to Australia, went to... 
um, all over America and Canada. So yeah, it was intense for a while. And, um, and then I just, I guess, lost the, a taste for, I noticed that like I, when I first started touring, I was on a bike, like I was going, I was doing every cool thing you could do. I was like riding for an extra half day to go to, uh, Devil's Tower, you know, out (laughs) in the Badlands to see stuff like that. And I noticed after maybe like six, seven years of doing it, flying everywhere and, you know, following tour buses and minivans and stuff like I would just sit in the hotel and not go out right. you know and I'd sort of lost the my sense of joy mm. and wonder with just going and I, I realized I just didn't want to be on the road that much I didn't like mm. living in hotels I didn't like all the hurry up and wait um which so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of touring. and it's there's it's like you know it's a I'm not complaining. That's just the way it is. Like yeah. that's, it doesn't matter if you're just in Timberlake, you're waiting for planes and, yeah. you know, cars and you're stuck in New York traffic. Like yeah. that's just the way it is. And, um, uh, but you know, so that I wouldn't complain I like that about Justin it. Justin Timberlake is your, is your reference <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we judge things is that there's everyone and then there's Justin Timberlake. Justin reminds me yeah. of myself. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, well, one of the things I always ask, uh, not always, but very often ask people is that where's a place that you've toured that you would like to go back to? I think my favorite tour I ever did was Australia. I did a I did an unusually long tour there uh, in 2007, opening for Xavier Rudd. Mm. And we it was like 20 eight tour dates like a lot of most people go to australia do like six or seven yeah and they just go there to get the australian sun in the middle of the canadian winter um and uh it was just like such a dream that was such a dream gig because i was the opener so i I had to show up at five for sound check my set was at eight i was done by 45 and i just like every day my tour manager and i just like hit the beach or went for a hike and um I just met so many cool people, saw so much cool stuff. I'd, I'd love to go back there. Um, but it sounds like that was a time, though, when that you actually did get out of the hotel room. I got out of the hotel room, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and saw, I saw That might have been the last one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that, it's sort of, that's when it started to, to go downhill for me. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Like, I had such a great experience and I couldn't top it. Well, and, you know, in Australia is a... Uh, little bit easier than here other than crossing to the west but sure um but touring canada is hard it it's, is it's a slog and um uh it's i think one of those things that uh, i was talking to somebody the other day here in your chair and they were talking a lot about how um an artist that they're touring with is driving everywhere and actually has um is having trouble with her back because of the mm. like sort of this repetitious injury yeah. sort of and you know and she's a keyboard player and and that that one of the the men in the interview was talking about just even all of the that kind of repetition of the the what it does to your body of mm-hmm. doing twenty eight dates or whatever in in a month and, or in six weeks and I think it's something that people don't think about. No, absolutely not. It's something I kind of like write out of my memory sometimes when like I played in Cold Lake two weeks ago, right. Cold Lake Alberta. And I just didn't, I knew there was an Air Force base there. And I think when I took the gig, I was like, oh, there's got to be an airport. There isn't, not for (laughs) civilians. Right. So I had to fly into Edmonton and then drive. Like it was to do one 45 minute set, you know, it was like three days of my life to do that. And I sometimes smugly think like, 
oh, I'm glad I don't have the nine to five grind. I don't have to sit in traffic. You know, I have to drive in from Barhaven or whatever. But no, some days I spend like 21 hours on the road getting to a place and that's far worse (laughs) in some ways. So yeah. And, and absolutely as you get older and like the longer you do it. And if you're in these different rental cars, you know, like you might get one that's not, you know, ergonomically suited to Mm. your body. And if you do, if you got that thing for six weeks and you're driving all over North America, it's going to be hell. Yeah. 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 So you're happy to be here in Ottawa. So happy to be here. I love this city. Yeah, yeah, we're here. I mean, I have found it to be the friendliest city I think I've ever lived in. And by that, I mean, like, just a very open community. I, like, made friends like that. You have just been uh, hired by Ottawa Tourism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll write the theme song. <laughs> right. yeah, I'm sure you have a theme song already, just waiting to go. Um, well, we're glad you're here, and thank you so much for doing the show in a couple of weeks. And um, really looking forward to, to seeing it. So thanks for dropping in today. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to We Love Canadian Music. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast. We hope you'll give NAC Presents a like on Facebook and find us online by searching for NAC Presents. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.